text this morning is from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 2, verses 19 to 22. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to be, become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Our key verse then is at the end there, verse 22. We're being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. As well as thinking about God's, where God dwells, we're going to look at the temple and its significance to God's people. We're going to think about Jesus replacing that temple, and we're going to think about how our passage fits into the broader themes of Ephesians. So let's start thinking um, about what went before in terms of where God dwelt. King David wanted to build a permanent structure to replace the temporary tabernacle. It was David's son Solomon who built the first temple. And at the very heart of that elaborate temple was a room called the Holy of Holies, which contained the Ark of the Covenant. A specific place on the Ark's covering lid was known as the Mercy Seat, where God's glory would appear. The only person that was allowed to go into the Holy of Holies was the High Priest, and that was only on one day a year, a day of atonement. So if we think of this as God's dwelling place, God's people were almost exclusively barred from being there. There had to be a priest there standing in for them. God's loving rescue of his people in his son Jesus was to wipe all this away and replace it with a new relationship, a new covenant, a new atoning for sin, a new dwelling place. At the time of Jesus' ministry, the Jewish nation couldn't imagine Jerusalem, the centre of their nation, without the temple at the centre of the city. For the spiritual and cultural life of the nation, it had a huge significance. But it was in the last week before Jesus' crucifixion, he predicted the destruction of the temple. In Mark chapter 13, verse 1, we read, As he was leaving the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what massive stones! What magnificent buildings. Do you see all these great buildings, replied Jesus? Not one stone here will be left on another. 
everyone will be thrown down. Forty years or so after Jesus' death and resurrection, the temple was destroyed in AD 70 at the hands of the Romans. As the early church grew, what was so different and attractive about the possibility of a new relationship with God? And there will have been many things, but one of the key elements of the good news of the gospel of Jesus was and is that it was available to everyone. In his letter to the Galatians, chapter 3, verse 26, Paul writes, You are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. For all of you were baptized into Christ. All of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Jesus Christ. Paul was specially commissioned to work among the non-Jewish people, the Gentiles. And the inclusivity and unity of believers is one of the main themes running through the letter of Ephesians. And this is what Paul's talking about in our passage in verse 19. You are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. Paul is talking about the new peace through Jesus that has broken out between Jews and Gentiles. In the rest of the passage, there are lots of parallels with 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 5 um, that Fran talked so beautifully about only on Sunday. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Then Ephesians chapter 2 verse 21, in him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. God's new temple is not stone and wood decorated with gold, it's a spiritual structure with Jesus as the chief cornerstone. The temple in Jerusalem is no more, but God's kingdom will last forever. And each of us is part of it. What about God's dwelling place? Verse 22. And in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. And no matter how long ago it was I became a believer, um, I still find that really mind-blowing that in all our fragility God still lives in us by his spirit and I think it's a real measure of just how much he loves each one of us. Paul writes in his 
first letter to the Corinthians uh, in chapter 3, verse 16. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? So how does any of this help us when we're exploring our vision as a people of God's church? There's a powerful picture that stays with me that um, John gave us in his talk on Sunday morning before these three weeks of morning reflections began. And he was describing the materials that God chooses to build with. The rough hewn, abandoned, warped, splintered people. That's you and me. And because dwells in us by his spirit, we're perfectly equipped to seek and follow his will. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, fill us with your spirit, your life-giving spirit. And as you generously fill us, let your love, your grace, your compassion flow from us to bless others. Amen. Oh,